This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, May 10th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week is in BMJ Open and is titled Association of Co-Prescribing of Opioid and Benzodiazepine Substitutes with Incident Falls and Fractures Among Older Adults, a Cohort Study. This study extracted data from Medicare records of over 47,000 enrollees who were diagnosed with chronic pain and anxiety. Physicians prescribed some combination of the studied medications, opioids, benzodiazepines, and gabapentinoids or antidepressants. The outcome measure was the number of falls or fractures. The study found that opioids and gabapentinoids were associated with a greater risk of falls than opioids and benzodiazepines. An even greater risk of falls was associated with the use of three or more of these medications. The authors conclude that clinicians may be underestimating the sedating effects of gabapentinoids. Next is a study in drug and alcohol dependence, titled Stimulant-Related Incident Surveillance Using Emergency Medical Service Records in Massachusetts. The study examined emergency responses involving stimulants between 2013 and 2020 in the state of Massachusetts. The authors categorize emergency calls into three classes. Class 1 included any stimulant use, while Class 2 included problematic stimulant use, and Class 3 involved acute stimulant-related incidents in which stimulant use was the primary reason for the call. Over the study period, calls in all three categories steadily increased, particularly calls from younger adults and from men. The study found that Hispanic and Latinx, as well as Black, non-Hispanic patients, appeared to be overrepresented among the stimulant-related calls. A new study in JAMA Network Open is titled Assessment of Community-Level Vulnerability and Access to Medications for Opioid Use Disorder. The study assessed trends in past-month prevalence of cigarette smoking among adults with or without a major depressive episode in the last year, as well as adults with substance use disorder or adults who suffered from both conditions. The study found that the self-reported cigarette smoking prevalence declined significantly among adults with a major depressive disorder and adults with a substance use disorder, as well as adults with co-occurring major depressive disorders and substance use disorders. Prevalence declined significantly for each examined subgroup, except for American Indian and Alaskan Native demographics. Our next article in Emergency Medical Clinics of North America is titled Emerging Agents of Substance Use and Misuse. In this article, the authors analyze the rise of novel psychoactive substances for recreational use in the last decade. Clinical effects encountered in patients using these substances depend on the substance's structure, but can be unpredictable due to their effects on various receptors. The authors emphasize the importance of clinical knowledge of the existence of these novel substances, given that their diagnosis is often clinical. Next, we have a study in Frontiers in Psychiatry titled Dopamine Supersensitivity, a novel hypothesis of opioid-induced neurobiological mechanisms underlying opioid stimulant co-use and opioid relapse. The study examines current research, which demonstrates that changes in the dopamine system occur once physical dependence to opioids develops. The chronicity of opioid exposure is associated with the severity of changes. 
dopamine deficits also persist long after signs of opioid withdrawal appear to have been resolved. This review discusses how dopamine supersensitivity develops soon after opioid abstinence and results in an increased response to dopamine agonists. The supersensitivity response increases in magnitude as the abstinence period continues and is evident several weeks into protracted withdrawal. A new analysis in the Journal of Psychiatric Research is titled Psychological Online Interventions for Problem Gambling and Gambling Disorder. This systematic review and meta-analysis investigated the effectiveness of psychological online interventions on problem gambling and gambling disorder. The results indicate that psychological online interventions have moderate effects on problem gambling and gambling disorder in the short term. Recent interviews indicate the superiority of online cognitive behavioral therapy formats compared to interventions with other theoretical backgrounds. Next is an analysis in JAMA Psychiatry, titled Toward Risk-Benefit Assessments in Psychedelic and MDMA-Assisted Therapies. The study investigated the risks associated with psychedelic and MDMA-assisted therapy, such as mood and thought disorders, that sometimes outlast the acute effects of the drug. The authors emphasize the importance of identifying patients of higher risk and the need to implement relevant risk evaluation and management strategies. Our final article, titled Implementation of a Standardized Clinical Definition of Opioid Withdrawal in the Neonate, is in JAMA Network. The new definition of opioid withdrawal in the neonate includes two specific elements, in utero exposure to opioids with or without exposure to other psychotropic substances, and the presence of two out of five of the most common clinical signs of opioid withdrawal. A consistent clinical definition is essential in informing treatment protocols, as well as for administrative coding, research criteria, and the spectrum of care for the mother-infant diet. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.